Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait. Is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hello everyone, Poker and Politics here. Today we're going to talk about QAnon stupidity and a couple movies that I think are very relevant to the moment, and that would be All the Way and uh, Lincoln. Let's do the QAnon stupidity first, because it's always there. Our esteemed president, the God Emperor himself, uh, tweeted out that the old guy that got thrown to the ground by the cops in Buffalo was an Antifa super soldier, or a provocateur, or some other nonsense. And uh, this apparently was a a message uh, parroted by uh, OAN, and was also something that QAnon had been promoting. And QAnon had gone so far as to state that the head injury the man suffered was fate. That the man actually had like a blood packet or something in the back of his head and they explained through a handy meme that showed like the tubes and uh, pressure systems and whatnot. Will you? How this guy was able to make the blood pour out of his ear because... These people are allergic to the truth in the most, like, just aggressive way possible. They live only to uh, come up with ways to confirm their bias, no matter how ridiculously insensitive, insane, hurtful, stupid, myopic, and impossible as they are. They're just going to do it. A guy gets thrown to the ground by cops. QAnon is pro-cop. QAnon is anti-protester. They're going to find a way to make the cop the good guy. They're going to find a way to make the protester the bad guy. This is their agenda. This is their stupidity. This is the just overall terrible nature of this psychotic death cult. And... So we had that going on, and on top of that, we have all the continuing George Floyd conspiracy theories. Uh, I saw today um, Major Dad was wondering who paid for the funeral. The answer is Floyd Mayweather, you moron. That was public information. It was out there. I saw memes about how the casket was too small to hold Floyd's body and therefore it had to be empty and he wasn't really dead. When if you go on YouTube, you can literally watch a four-hour procession of people viewing the body in an open casket uh, viewing, as it were. And now we can't see the body from the angle of the camera shot, but we can watch the just... streams of people pouring into the into the uh, church or wherever it was where the viewing was being held. But you can watch these solemn congregation of people coming to view the body of this man who was killed by a cop for no good reason. And you would think that having this be a pu- open to the public event 
that if any QAnon people had any suspicions, they could have attended, they could have done a walkthrough, they could have seen the body for themselves if they wanted to or not, but they don't care. They already know what the truth is, and they are not going to let facts and evidence get in the way of that. This is the point of a cult. You are closed-minded. You are shut off from evidence. You refuse to acknowledge things that might make you see things in a different light. Everything is about getting to the predetermined answer that you already have in your head. You work backwards to the truth. It is, in many ways, uh, the difference between uh, creationism and evolution. With evolution, we just sort of see how things moved along, how the process worked, and we map it out. And if there were mistakes, if there were errors, then you just move along. You work through that. You see, oh, I screwed up there. That's not a problem. Okay, this makes more sense, and so on and so forth. This is why it is a scientific theory. This is why people research it and analyze it and study it. And if you could disprove evolution, you would be honestly achieving a scientific breakthrough. It would be miraculous. It would be incredible to have someone bring bona fide information and evidence forward that would show how this was wrong. That's what science is all about, is going where the evidence takes you and whatever the conclusion may be, is. Whereas creationism is literally God-made humans, period, point blank, and all data, all evidence, anything you have works backwards into confirming your original belief. And that's QAnon in a nutshell, is that everything works towards confirming the original hypothesis that Donald Trump is infallible, Q is infallible, they are the good guys, everybody else is the bad guys. That's it. That's all there is to it. It's very, it's tissue thin. It's so weak. Um, also, we had a little hilariousness today that uh, one of the Q aggregator sites is not aggregating correctly because I saw people quoting Q on Twitter and usually when I see uh, that kind of thing happening, it means that there are new drops and um, QAnon.pub was not seeing them. QAnon.map was, and that was funny. I actually checked both, and then I found that out, and then Dapper Gander pointed out that Map was at, that Map was posting it and Anon was not. And as Dapper Gander has pointed out, uh, uh, QMap.pub editorializes the Q-drops. And there are QAnons that are angry about that. They find that uh, putting added words on top of what was already said is kind of, in a way, blasphemous. That leaving the drops in their proper state is pure, is honest. And uh, QDrop4441, three fours and a one, uh, stated that uh, Q says the wait will soon be over. And uh, he's quoting one, he's, he did a, uh, he grabbed a tweet of, a, of one of the big QAnon pushers that I don't really cover that much, the Dirty Truth, and uh, it's Barr just babbling about Russiagate and the Russian probe and all that nonsense. The standard toothless promises to do anything. And this is the thing, is uh, I've said this before on the podcast, is that going after rich and powerful people with flimsy evidence is tough in America because the rich and powerful are able to flex their constitutional rights in a way that us plebes really aren't. I've been seeing all these people screaming and yelling about how Hillary Clinton's going to be deposed about the emails by Judicial Watch and blah, blah, blah. And why would she agree to this? And if they did depose her, she could just take the fifth on every question. Just be put under oath and then everything the guy says, I assert my Fifth Amendment right. Another question? Fifth Amendment right. Just just do the Chappelle show to him. Just, and that's it. That's what happens when you are capable of actually affording lawyers and a high-powered legal team and whatnot, will you, and they can analyze things and give you the best possible advice, and they can fight the deposition for you, and so on and so forth. 
this is nothing and it will never be anything because they know they have no evidence to actually go after any of these people with. And if they did try to go after them, discovery would be a nightmare. And on top of that, just putting together a case against people that are going to use the legal system's ins and outs to the fullest of their abilities to uh, crush this, to stop anything from happening, to prevent convictions or any other illicit prosecutions of people. So uh, Q is once again uh, promising things he'll never be able to deliver on, but what's new? That's the whole life of QAnon. It is their existence. It is telling them two and a half years into QAnon that the wait will be over soon. I mean, it's it's pathetic beyond measure. So that's uh, pretty much um, QAnon stupidity, as it were, for the day. I'm sure that it'll it will never end. Um, oh right, I completely forgot. But we hit, we're perilously close to our first QAnon congressperson as uh, the, the Georgia 14, 14th District uh, primary race. The uh, QAnon candidate is looking really strong. Uh, Marjorie Green, who is uh, has a third name that is not showing up on the New York Times right now, um, she is well out in front, but she will... Uh, Marjorie Taylor Green. She is well out in front. She will not avoid a runoff, it seems. Uh, she got 40% of the vote. Uh, a guy named John uh, Cowan, uh, or Cohen, he got 18% uh, of the vote, and he will be in the runoff with her for this... Uh, for the nomination. And... This is a blood red district. Uh, a friend of mine pointed out that it is a that Trump won this district by fifty three percent. So one could go so far as to say that this is a safe Republican district, uh, but it will be uh, very interesting to see if uh, Cowan or uh, if Cohen uh, Cowan. I'm sorry, guy's got a, it's five letters and I still can't say it right. But uh, it'll be interesting to see if there is intra-Republican squabbling here because QAnon is toxic and bad nationally. And while Green would most likely win under any circumstances in this district, uh, having an actual elected official in the House of Representatives that believes in QAnon is a bad look. So... Um, Jim Jordan and Matt Gates uh, endorsed Green. She poured a lot of her own money into this thing. She was uh, she fundraised heavily. Uh, she did a video. She did a commercial where she brandished an assault rifle and said that she was going to keep Antifa away Antifa away from um, Georgia. So, I mean, we'll see. We'll see exactly what happens with this whole situation. Going to be a ton of fun, uh, potentially having uh, someone on the ballot in November as the uh, overwhelming favorite to win uh, election, and uh, being a full-throated QAnon supporter, which is terrifying. So um, we have that going for us, and now I believe that we have officially uh, crossed the Rubicon of QAnon stupidity. So we can get to uh, movies, which are so very uh, important to us nowadays in our uh, burned-out hell world. The thing is, is that whenever you see a movie about civil rights, it is, and it's historically accurate, it shows you just how brutally awful the struggle is to get anything done ever. In the movie Lincoln, it it just chronicles uh, the last few months of uh, Lincoln's life and the last few months of the Civil War, during which Lincoln tries to railroad through the 13th Amendment uh, out of the U.S. House to get it uh, on the process of being ratified for the, by the states to uh, abolish slavery. Now, uh, this movie is... Mostly just about uh, political horse trading, arm twisting, uh, finding the means by which to get the votes in order to uh, pass the amendment. 
uh, Lincoln himself wants it done quickly because he's afraid that if the Civil War ends and slavery has not been abolished, that the uh, political uh, will to abolish slavery will be weakened. Um, radical Republicans uh, at the time of this, uh, at the time that this story is set in, the Republican Party is two factions: uh, the conservative Republicans and the radical Republicans. And uh, the radical Republicans are worried that Lincoln is doing this only as a uh, head fake. That he's putting out the amendment to try to force the South to surrender quickly so that they can rejoin the Union to block the amendment and uh, keep slavery as a thing in America. Whereas the conservative Republicans are in favor of the anti-slavery uh, amendment, but they want a uh, peace negotiation with the South to be held so to prevent uh, the fighting from continuing that spring. So Lincoln's got to navigate those two sides, but the radicals mostly fall in line when they realize that Lincoln's uh, efforts to abolish slavery are actually sincere, that this is not a head fake, and that getting this done now is what matters. What's really funny is... Uh, is that back then, they had like almost a year-long lame duck for Congress. Uh, they talk about how um, in December, the um, Republicans will have an overwhelming majority in the House of Representatives, and um, one of the radicals who's not in favor of supporting the uh, amendment at this moment says that the, that the amendment will be the easy work of 10 minutes, that they'll just uh, propose it, call a vote, and pass it. In December, but um, Thaddeus Stevens, who's the leader of the radical Republicans, decides let's let's go for it now. Let's uh, let's put in some work and see if we can achieve this this moment. And uh, the rest of the movie is uh, offering patronage jobs to Democrats who've lost and are going to be out of office at the end of the year, and other arm twisting and. Uh, means by which to secure votes. And at the very end, uh, they actually get two Democrats to abstain, just uh, not don't show up for the vote. And after every arm twist and hair pull and bribe and hookup, you can imagine, they, they jam the uh, anti-slavery amendment through the House, and they pass it, and then slavery is on, this amendment's on its way to the states, and slavery is constitutionally uh, abolished from America, and this is a good thing. But it goes to show that this, the, the bill failed in the House a few times before this, that people were blocking passage of this, and we had all kinds of just ugliness over this issue, which had torn the country apart for decades, pretty much uh, right after Andrew Jackson uh, was no longer president. I think Van Buren was the last guy to really skate by without having slavery be a huge amount of uh, problems on his plate. But after that, you just had all these Whig presidents coming in and dying and giving us Whig vice presidents who were ineffective and weak. And then the Democrats would get in and they would be ineffective. And it, it just it was just this endless whipsawing of ineffective, useless, one-term presidents who couldn't handle the issue of slavery until you got to Lincoln, who handled the issue of slavery by being stuck in a civil war and then uh, forcing, at gunpoint, the South to give up its slaves. And um, maybe one of these days I'll do like a six-hour-long podcast about how si the Civil War was about slavery. Uh, that was a running joke that I've had with one of my friends for the longest time. Because uh, another guy that we know was a uh, lost cause Confederacy apologist who would always argue about states' rights. And I'd just be like, shut up. Just shut up and stop it. Stop it right now. You're lying, and I hate you, so don't do it. But that was the arduous process of actually getting that amendment passed and it took a Herculean effort to legally abolish slavery and we only got to that point because we had a fucking war over it where we had to murder so many people that they gave up fighting us 
and then begrudgingly gave up their slaves. And then Reconstruction happened, and for the first four years it was ineffective because you had a Democrat who was a sympathizer to the uh, Southern cause in power, and then Grant came in for eight years and did as best he could. And when he left office, then we had the corrupt bargain where the Republicans got the presidency and the Democrats got the right to going back to oppressing black people. And that bullshit, which became Jim Crow, lasted for about a hundred years until the passage of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, which is what All the Way is about. And uh, there were two LBJ movies made around this time. Uh, All the Way has Brian Cranston, who uh, played LBJ in the theater production, and that was then made into a movie. Uh, the other one was LBJ, which is an actual, just full, high production value movie about Lyndon Johnson with Rob Reiner directing it and Woody Harrelson starring. And I think like 10 people saw it, ever. I mean, it is a very unknown film. But... Uh, I liked both of them. I liked All the Way better because it focused more on this. And now, this shows how Johnson was being pressured by everyone on all sides all the time. He has Hubert Humphrey and the liberal wing of the Democratic Party pushing him to pass the Civil Rights Bill... He has the Southern Democrats who are filibustering him and blocking him and fighting him on every front to uh, not let the bill go through. He has Martin Luther King in the Civil Rights Movement that are pressuring him from the outside to do stuff. And the thing about that is that they don't ever let up on him because the fight never ends, which is... Like a really important thing to understand and acknowledge about this kind of stuff is that when you win a victory, you really have you've, you've achieved something, but you have not achieved everything because you can never achieve everything. There's always something more to be done. There's always something else that needs to be fixed. There, there's always something else that has to happen. And uh, Johnson takes voting rights out of the Civil Rights Bill because he doesn't think he could possibly pass it with some voting rights. And... He also, um, it, it's more, uh, it's made more overt in LBJ, but it's also mentioned in All the Way that Johnson is politicizing the murder of Kennedy to try to get this through. In his uh, first address to the joint session of Congress after the assassination of President Kennedy, after Johnson ascends to the presidency, uh, he declares that passing the civil rights bill is the most fitting tribute we can give President Kennedy. Yeah, he is aggressively politicizing this uh, this event. He's like, look, Kennedy got murdered and that sucked. Now let's honor him by passing the civil rights bill. It'd be the right thing to do. So whenever you hear anyone after a mass shooting whining about politicizing deaths and how this is untoward and unacceptable and you shouldn't be doing this, Fuck off. It's all horseshit. They just don't want people using the power of death and the power of martyrdom as a weapon against them. And Johnson had made no bones about it. He was just like, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get this bill done. I'm going to get it passed. And I'm going to do it by any means necessary because it's the right thing to do and it has to get done. And in the House, you had... Uh, Judge Smith, who was in charge of the Rules Committee, and they had to use a dispensation petition to get, or discharge petition, to get the bill out of the Rules Committee and onto the floor of the House for a vote. So they had to use procedural tricks to pry the bill free to get it to the floor in order for it then to be passed. And... Now, the, uh, the racists, the Southern Democrats, who again have positioned themselves in these uh, seats of power so they can oversee civil rights bills and, and kill them before they ever make it to the floor of the House or the Senate. Uh, now it's in um, Eastland, is the name of the Democrat, Eastland's committee. And 
in all the way they talk about how oh yeah we're just gonna dig up another hole to bury this bill in because uh, we're just not gonna let it happen and what they actually did was the president of the senate read the bill and you're supposed to read the bill twice and after you read it the second time you then assign it to the committee so he reads the bill once and then he doesn't read it again and then he I don't know, talks about the weather or whatever, will you? Sports in the 1960s, etc., etc. And then he reads the bill again a second time a few days later and then says, Whoa, would you look at that? This is the second reading of the bill and it was delayed a couple days for some odd reason. Who knows? But because we've never had this done before where you've delayed a second reading of a bill... I'm going to file away the new precedent that when you make the second reading delayed after the first, that that means it goes directly to the whole floor of the U.S. Senate for a vote and a debate. Let's do this. And the South threw a fit at this uh, procedural flim-flammery. And the next thing you know, they're filibustering. And then uh, Johnson and the Democrats have to go to the Republicans to get enough votes to break the filibuster and then they break the filibuster and the bill gets passed and we've achieved something I mean in to think about how terrible things were back then and how terrible things are now but we still made progress and it took so much effort it took so much work it took every bit of uh, parliamentary intrigue imaginable to get the bill out of both uh, the House and the Senate. This was a uh, really tough uh, thing, a really hard thing that had to be done. But thankfully it was done, and we achieved it. And uh, at least the legal uh, concept of Jim Crow had been broken. And... Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how get 30, how get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. Then the Voting Rights Act of 1965 got passed after this. Lyndon Johnson put in so much work, and uh, man, if he had not fucked up and gotten into Vietnam, he'd, been, he'd be one of the greatest presidents that we've ever had. The amount of work he did on domestic policy is incredible. And... I mean, this is why we have to vote. This is why we have to win elections. Because you can't do these kinds of things that he did if you don't have a Congress that will work with you. And Republicans have learned that the best way to fuck with people and to uh, sow discord and to uh, kill enthusiasm for the Democratic Party is to just throw sand in the gears of, of government at all costs and then blame the president for not being able to get his agenda achieved. It's just that simple. Now, uh, All the Way suffers because um, the second half of the movie is about the Johnson campaign against Barry Goldwater. And uh, if you know anything about history, you know that that was very uncompetitive. It would be a lot like having a large section of a movie about the uh, 86 Bears being about, oh, the Super Bowl of those fearsome patriots. Oh, it's going to be a real barn burner there. 
I don't know who's going to win that one. Oh, they're going to have to bring their A game to handle those mighty, mighty guys from uh, the frigid north of Boston. I mean, it, it is uh, cool and it is nice to watch the uh, drama and intrigue of the 64 convention. And again, the uh, King and the Civil Rights protesters uh, fighting to have uh, blacks be made delegates at the convention and just being like, yeah, the civil rights bill got passed. That's great. Still more work to be done. Still more pressure we have put on you. Still got to hold your feet to the fire to get what we want. We know we can work with you and we know that we can on some level trust you, but we're still not going to stop campaigning. We're still, we're not going to be pacified. We're not going to be complacent because we achieved a victory. And by the same token, if you if you suffer a defeat, that also means you don't give up and you just keep redoubling your efforts. I mean, it's there is always political work to be done. There's always more that can be achieved. And that's just politics. That's the nature of life. That uh, once you join the political uh, fight, once you get involved in politics and are active and are motivated and care about it, you realize, if you have any uh, acceptance of how the world works, that whatever it is you want, you're probably not going to see it in your lifetime. And even if you get it, you're going to see more things that you're going to want, and all you can do is put the next generation in a better position to get that, to get uh, to achieve that. That uh, you will die... Uh, having dreams unrealized. That there will be a future that you wish you could have beheld better than the present that you are currently living in. Or, or something that you could have at least aspired to see happen. And that's just the way it works. That's just... Uh, that's just politics. That's just life. It's just the struggle. It's just the fight, as it were. And... It just goes to show that like whatever happens in this election that getting rid of Trump and getting rid of as many Republicans as we can out of as many offices as we can, that just begins the fight. That from there, we're going to have to deal with filibusters. We're going to have to deal with uh, the Repub Republican intransients. We're going to have to deal with all kinds of uh, Democratic intraparty fighting. And it has to, and it's just going to keep going. It's never going to stop going like that. We have to be ready for it. We have to prepare for it. And we just have to keep pushing. And understand that if you are a liberal and if you do believe in these things, that we can have disagreements on the edges of things. But on, for the majority of things, we all agree. We're all on the same page. We're all in this together, as it were. And we all want to make something better happen. So that's that's my two cents. That's what I can say there. And now it's time for the questions. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, CJG says, uh, The idiots, the Q idiots in my, on my universal fo university football message board, uh, tigerdroppings.com, seem to think Ice Cube is being red-pilled. Anyone in the grifter class willing to make that leap? Ah, oh, there's a few of them. I mean, Ice Cube posting the dumb stuff he posted has some has a bunch of QAnon freaked out and celebrating because for people who hate celebrities, they really, really, really care what celebrities have to say about things. They're just obsessed. They're very much uh, crazy that way. All they really care about is that the people on the TV say nice things about them, whoever they are. All their claims of hatred of uh, celebrity are uh, lies. Uh, optimistic to a fault love love that name uh, says Lincoln Vampire Slayer nah this was a slightly more historically accurate variant version of, of Lincoln um, so I have never seen Lincoln Vampire Slayer no idea uh, how it is I've heard mixed reviews uh, Cindy Radiohead that's a good name uh, also says I'm here all day for this uh, a couple questions what figure in civil rights history does Shirley Manson most relate with that is the most shameless of indulgences. Uh, much appreciated, though. And uh, 
Two, you see the JFK Jr. stuff is firing up again. Oh my god, it's the favorite thing, my favorite thing in the world. Um, someone else asks, uh, in response to that, uh, Melinda Malone, is Shirley Manson part of the plot? I just assumed it meant QAnon equals garbage. And uh, someone, and then Cindy had to clue him in that this is just, uh, again, me and my, uh, my fanboyism. Uh, if I was going to make Shirley a analogist to a civil rights uh, activist, I would probably say it would be Alice Paul uh, of the women's suffrage movement. Um, I read a bunch of that. Uh, I really enjoyed the movie Iron Jawed Angels. Um, it is really, uh, it just, again, it just goes to show you what happens in these kinds of things where uh, Wyoming entered the union with women having the right to vote in Wyoming, and it was just an issue that percolated for decades. And finally, World War One just put the right pressure on in the right time, and women were able to provoke a response to get. Uh, the male Congress and president to accept that women do have a right to vote and that uh, being second class citizens based on gender is horseshit. And uh, it was it's, it's really amazing that we, we went so long without having done this like incredibly obvious thing. I mean, it just really is incredible that uh, the, the Republic of America, where all men, which we now understand means that all people, are created equal, just denied uh, half of the country from voting based on gender because we're just dumb, misogynist, racist assholes. And... Um, this is what Thomas Jefferson, uh, who again, in order to maintain my liberal credibility, I have to I have to say was a slave owner and a rapist. Uh, Thomas Jefferson uh, talked about how this was the fact that like society will grow and adapt, and it will become better and more enlightened than it than it previously was, and that having. Um, Having laws that uh, having laws that are ancient, having uh, laws that came from antiquity uh, still being enforced uh, in, in much later times is obviously bad. That it is obviously not um, a good thing to do that, and that we need to have a nimble and flexible a government that is responsive to the changes of society and the way that the world thinks in modern times. Uh, the quote is, I am not an advocate for frequent changes in laws and constitutions, but, but laws and institutions must go hand in hand with the progress of the human mind. As that becomes more developed, more enlightened, as new discoveries are made, new truths discovered, and manners and opinions change with the change of circumstances, institutions must advance also to keep pace with the times. We might as well require a man to wear still the coat which fitted him when a boy as a civilized, as a civilized society to re remain ever under reg the regiment of their barbarous ancestors. And this is... Jefferson looking at his time and his moment and saying, you know, <laughs> down the line, people are going to think that slavery is fucking terrible. Um, and there's probably a bunch of other shit that we're doing right now that it will not be cool down the road. And so fixing that, handling that is just... It's each generation's struggle to point out that, yo, this part of the old system, this thing that was the way we've always done things before, is not acceptable anymore. It's not the way things should be. It has to be fixed. It has to be changed. And that has to... Um, and society has to be able to come to grips with that and accept it and move along with it. And... So hopefully, uh, 
we can do that. Hopefully we can make progress and we can achieve something in these coming years ahead. Hopefully we will be able to get our hands on power in the Congress and the presidency and be able to write more equitable and more fair laws. It's... uh, this is how this is how government works. This is how we uh, do these things. Um, let's see. Alex uh, Zendejas says, "Do you think Ice Cube Ice Cube has been pilled, or is he unknowingly and irresponsibly giving Q a platform?" Um, I think he just really misread that. Uh, thing that he posted with uh, the hunter becoming the hunted. I think he really just bricked it, didn't see what it was supposed to be, that it was a uh, pro-Trump, not anti-Trump thing. And he posted it and boom, everyone went crazy because that's how this world works. Um, Troy Francis asked, what would happen if someone asked Trump the question and he categorically said Q is not real? Would it kill the movement? They like to pretend that it would because it's their last uh, kill switch that they have. Because all the other deadlines they've ever had have come and gone. Every other like supposed moment or event that was going to trigger the Great Awakening has passed by the wayside. So all they ever have is the question. And they love being like, oh, you guys don't have the nerve to ask the question because you know, oh, he would rain down the MAGA upon you and everyone would know about Q and the arrests and blur, blur, blur. But if Trump was ever asked about Q, the thing is, is that like, I think on some level he has been either told about it in a in a really vague way where, where like Dan Scavino or whoever has been like, yeah, these people really love you. They think you're fighting corruption and draining the swamp and blah, blah, blah. And they understand it. They get you, Don. They, they know you, Mr. President. They understand you, Mr. Trump. And uh, so, like, I, I think on, like, the really most, like, slowest base level of QAnon, the, 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 uh, the level that they try to hook you in and red pill you on, the Joe M., queuing on a plan to save the world uh, queue. That's where Trump is. And I think that maybe someone told him, like, if anyone ever asked you about this, like, say you have no idea, but you've heard good things or whatever. But (laughs) because the brainworms are so powerful with Trump nowadays and because he's, like, just absolutely cratering uh, mentally, I think if someone asked him the question, it would be, it would, oh, that would be, it'd be magical because... On the one hand, I think he knows that they like him. On the other hand, he knows he's been told to like distance himself from them. So I think you would probably get something along the lines of the very fine people uh, statement, where he might say, "Oh, QAnon, I've I've heard that there's been some not good things that they have done, but those were just uh, bad actors. the The idea of it is uh, fighting corruption, draining the swamp." I've heard good things about them. So, I mean, I just I, I just really think that you would get this really milquetoast, boring answer out of him. I think if a reporter, like, came at him with, like, some crazy, like, some really angry, like, comment where, like, Sir, how do you feel about the QAnon, this uh, movement that's killed, that's had two people killed and a guy wait, awaiting trial for murder and uh, has torn apart families and there's grifters, like, stealing money off of people and blah, blah, blah. I think if you like just like went at him with this incredibly negative question, his visceral need to avoid negative attention and uh, to receive praise, he would probably just re- he would be like, "Ah, oh, I have no idea what Q is. It, it, I've never heard of it. I don't I don't know what's going on." And it has nothing to do with me. Uh, I don't support it. I, and in the moment that happened, if you got that out of him, if you got a, a reporter to attack you and on aggressively and to uh, because Trump's an amoeba, he just stimulus response. He doesn't. He doesn't have a actual working brain. He is uh, a slave to his uh, imperatives. But if you actually hit him with that, I think that you would get um, QAnon themselves would just like spend the whole time spinning, explaining, justifying, defending. 
because he was posting a lot now, I think the moment that that uh, speech came out that uh, Jim Watkins would hopefully be capable of waiting an appropriate amount of time for Trump to be off screen that he can then put out a tweet that would say, or put out a Q drop that would say, disinformation is necessary, Q plus, and that would bring everybody right around. They would all pretend like all of their statements that the question is the be all end all. They would all claim they never said it. And they would all be like, yep, uh, Q, Q sure told us. Yeah, Trump had to lie because disinformation is necessary. It's too close to the election for him to admit Q is real. After he wins re-election, he'll admit it. They'll keep spinning. They will never stop spinning. So uh, I would love for the, it to kill the movement. And they love to claim it would kill the movement because that makes them sound like they have integrity and honor, which they don't. They're scum. They're absolute scum. So, yeah. Uh, to, yes to all that. And uh, we got Yogi Ferrell says, I fell asleep last night. The JFK Jr. returned as promised. Why does he have a porn stash? Uh, he did not return, shockingly, and I cannot answer as to why he styled his facial hair the way he did. And uh, finally, I don't, I don't actually have a hateful person tonight, which is unfortunate, so i got to close with uh, Jay asks... Um, do you think there is something to the theory that Intel groups use Q-drops along with Fox and OAN and talk radio to feed Trump misinformation or policy proposals? There seems to be a loop where info is produced on these mediums. He picks up on it, tweets or retweets about it, and then oftentimes starts to create policy around it. We came very close to him deploying thousands of troops nationwide. Hannity et al. are acting as defies advisors. I don't think the Q drops directly are being manipulated to manipulate Trump because the Q to Trump pipeline is very long and the Q drops themselves are not really disseminated directly to Trump. Um, I, I, I've always believed that Dan Scavino is the uh, Q gatekeeper to Trump and he curates what Trump sees vis-a-vis uh, -vis Q and whatnot, will you? It was Scavino who originally uh, tweeted out the, I call this next piece, nothing can stop what is coming, and then Trump retweeted it with a disclaimer being like, I don't know what it means, but it sounds cool. And that, to me, like really reads like uh, Scavino wrote the tweet himself and was just like, well, I gotta give the boss plausible deniability on this one, but boy, howdy, will it really fire up QAnon. So, uh, I I really, uh, I think that, like, QAnon's bullshit conspiracy nonsense is now such a part of right-wing culture that it's almost impossible to figure out exactly where the nonsense comes from. Because, like, OAN was talking about this guy that got shoved in Buffalo being an Antifa agitator, and while Q hasn't brought him up, because Jim Watkins is really slow of foot when it comes to current news. He's just very lazy and doesn't want to take strong opinions because when he does, he's often laughably wrong and stupid and, he, and getting Q dunked on is bad. So uh, he didn't go after this, but again, the problem for Q is that they are the leader of a movement that they have no control over. So when QAnon is posting the blood packet on the back of the guy's head, and explaining how he has these tubes uh, working through his mask that ha that have an easy pour valve for the blood to come out of his ear. Um, just all of that, um, it's still on cue. It's still on them. And QAnon worked so hard for this dumb, crazy myth of this guy being injured. And then OAN goes after it. And... You could have you could have just said it was QAnon and it wouldn't have changed anything. They all believe in this kind of nonsense. They're all so divorced from reality, and this is what we're dealing with. We're dealing with like a third of the country that is just full blown nuts at this point. And yes, Fox News is absolutely manipulating Trump on policy. I mean, uh, if you want to, like, it's it's a thing. It's a running issue now. Is the Lincoln Project and pro-Trump groups are airing ads on Fox News exclusively so Trump will see them and react to them. 
that we have people paying hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars to Fox News, targeting an audience of one, just targeting the dumb, angry president of the United States because they know he's watching and they know he'll uh, react to things. Because, again, he is just uh, a robot that is, a, that is tied to uh, receiving praise and avoiding shame. That's all he does. Just this uh, sad emotion bot, as it were. So uh, that is nearly 50 glorious minutes of delicious podcast for you lucky so's and so's to enjoy. Uh, be back on Thursday night going into Friday morning of another podcast. I'm sure the world will continue freaking out and doing wild stuff. So we'll have plenty to talk about then. I will catch you all later. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com <laughs>